Good morning, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, if you want to go ahead and turn in your Bibles one more time to Ephesians chapter 1, uh, we will uh, get ready to do that. Hey, I get to do this today. That's a good idea. All right. Hmm. Now, yes, I'm recording. I'm good. Um, amen, amen, amen. Before we uh, jump into the message portion uh, for today, um, I do want to just hit a, a couple of maybe announcements real quick. Uh, one is, um, as many of you saw in the group me, uh, I know Tabitha, I think she must be, is Tabitha with the kids this morning? Uh, and so uh, Tabitha's sister, Casey, and, and their family, who have been a, kind of a part of our church family here um, and stuff, but their son, Dustin, was tragically killed in a motorcycle re- accident just a couple of days ago. Right, and so um, going somewhere from Coleman and, and stuff like that. But uh, the funeral is going to be Tuesday uh, at two o'clock uh, over here at Mesmer Goodwin in Warrior. Uh, but then afterwards, the family is going to come here uh, and have their time of eating and fellowship and, and that kind of stuff here at the church. So I was going to ask if anybody is available Tuesday afternoon to help serve the family do any of that kind of stuff. Tony, before we go, I'd love to talk with you about food, providing for that and the people and all that kind of stuff, and we'll do that. Yes, that's the one coming, day after tomorrow uh, and stuff. So that should be like the 24th, 5th, somewhere in there. Uh, And so, but anyway, but that's going to be... Yeah, Tuesday is election day and stuff, but... uh, we're just going to come and just love on the family and stuff. Just be praying for them again. Um, and as we've talked about in previous times on Thursdays, you know, sometimes uh, all passing when people graduate, it can be challenging. But especially if it was tragic and the person was young, those things can really, really hit home real deep. So just be praying for them. Uh, the Dustin's parents' name, it's, and it's Tapitha. Make sure I'm Tapitha's sister, Casey, and her husband, Ashley. Right, and their last name is Sloan. And so let me remember that right. And so that's the family uh, that we're praying for and stuff like that. So again, if anyone is available on that Thursday or Tuesday afternoon, I would really appreciate anybody coming and helping and doing all that kind of stuff. Um, and again, the funeral two o'clock up there uh, at Mesmer Goodwin and, and stuff. So just to love on them and all of that. Uh, if you want to help towards the food at all, you can give in the offering. Uh, for that and just designate it for that and we'll make sure it goes uh, in that direction. Amen? What time, what time is that? At 2 is the funeral at Mesmer Goodwin. I think visitation is at noon. So from like... Back here, yeah. Yeah, so they haven't quite decided that. There's still again, all that kind of stuff. You're not prepared for that kind of stuff at all. So just uh, doing that. So anyway... So that's, uh, so that's happening on Tuesday. There was, I felt like there was something else, but now I can't remember what it was. Do you remember what it was? No. Okay. I don't either. Amen. So let's jump into the word. Not important, apparently. Amen. About, you had said the week after Memorial Day is when we're going to like focus. So imagination week is going to be, so to talk about it. So imagination week is going to be the week of Memorial Day from Memorial Day, the 30th through that week. Uh, we're going to be focusing, I'm working with Pastor Mark uh, and our staff at the Irondale campus. It'll be for both campuses. Uh, but for us, really what I want to say here is as we're talking about our imagination, as we're talking about renewing 
uh, the spirit of our mind, as we've been saying on Thursdays. I really want to encourage all of us that we're going to take that week and just really focus um, focused time of our imaginations. So I'm going to ask everybody uh, to join us and maybe that might be a week that we can hit pause on certain inputs, right? Again, just as you're led, and y'all please hear me, right? The television isn't bad. Everybody say, Brad said television's not bad. Everybody can say that, right? Uh, right, So television's not bad, but it might be a great time to just hit pause on that. Maybe to hit pause on talk radio. Maybe to hit pause on anything else that might be, oh, the 30th, May 30th all the way through that week, right? And just as you want to, if the Lord leads you in that, I'm not trying to dictate that, but what we want to govern is to have time of focusing our imaginations, right? To have time to focus our imaginations on what we've been talking about and where we're going, right? So now in the summer, as a bit of a practice, just to kind of everybody a heads up, this summer, we're going to take some time and walk this out in the area of uh, if you will, wealth building and prosperity. We're going to use it as well in the time of, and I, but it's going to be different. I mean, many of us came from, uh, came from word of faith circles. So I know sometimes the quote unquote prosperity gospel can be triggers and stuff, but I'm not talking about that. <laughs> I'm talking about, I'm talking about renewing our mind to the fact that we're connected to the resources of heaven. So please, there'll be an aspect of giving, I'm sure, that will show up because giving is just part of it. But many times, you know, when we talk about renewing our mind in the area of finances, in the church world, all we talk about is is we need to tithe better and you need to give more. Anybody else? (laughs) Right? And that's kind of where we get stuck, right? And that is such a small percentage of what we're talking about. But I say it all as it's going to lead into areas of life that as we, I want us to, to be just renewing the spirit of our mind. Does, yeah. does that make sense? Yes. Amen. And to do that kind of stuff. So go there. We said Ephesians, and I'll jump in there. But Ephesians 1, we'll get there, I think. But now that we talk about that, go to Ephesians. I know Chris looks at me funny whenever I say that. <laughs> but Ephesians, and I think it's the fourth chapter. Is that it? I'm kind of flying here just for a second. Yeah, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. Just in what I said, because haven't, I haven't fully read this, and I'm trying to parallel what we're doing on Sundays with the practices we're doing on Thursdays. So Thursdays, are I'm trying to really be a lot of practical information on mechanics on how this stuff works. So if you need to catch back up, I'm trying to make sure all the stuff is up from Thursdays. So if you're not able to be with us to catch up and listen. Uh, but we're going to be giving some Again, some practical steps, things we can do to help us with this process, right? Um, All of it is going to be centered around the word. One of them is making your I am statements, right? You've heard me say that. How's everybody doing making their I am statements? Anybody even tried yet? Okay, a couple of us have. Good. Really want you to work on your I am statements, right? I am declarations. And again, please hear me, not out of the old, again, we're going to make our confession sheet and be good little boys and girls. And as long as I say it loud enough, long enough, with enough umph, that'll be the abracadabra, the magic sauce that'll make it happen. It, it won't, right? It's more about using your biomechanics 
as God intended them to be to help rewire your mind. Right? Because your body was engineered by God to obey your voice. I was actually just listening to something with that. And Lord, just help me, because here we go. Amen. So uh, is, uh, is I was watching, yeah, it, just to let you into my world, one of my things I like, um, there's a guy, you may like that TV show Alone? Anybody seen the Alone? It's on History Channel, it's Alone. And basically, it's one of those reality shows. They take a dozen contestants, and they take them to somewhere really remote and wild, and they drop them off by themselves. And it's whoever stays in the woods longest wins. Right. And so I was watching one season. There's a guy who does a YouTube. His name's Adam Fowler, which is neat. He's a believer, but he found Jesus on the show. Right. He found Jesus while being alone in the British Columbia, which is kind of, he was actually in, no, he wasn't. He was in Patagonia the year before they were in British Columbia, but he was in Patagonia and he's down there and he finds Jesus as he's doing this thing and, and all kinds of stuff that's in there. But he also has a YouTube channel. And he's just a fun, funny guy, but he's a believer. But also he's in Maine, which is, it's really strange finding a true believer in Maine because there's not many of them, right, in that state. So anyway, so, um, so we were there watching this guy do, but he said this. He goes, you know, I've noticed something in his little YouTube channel. He says that, you know, watch all these shows alone or whatever it is, and you'll hear the person, and normally they'll say three times to themselves something like, well, I can't do this, or I'm all done, or I'm going to quit. And he says, I've noticed it's a pattern that about three times in a row, they'll say it in the very next show, they're out. And I just thought in connection as I was watching to what we've all been talking about, again, that's what I mean when we're talking about these I am statements. We're not talking about abracadabra or magic, but you really are in the place that you talk yourselves into and out of Everything. Exactly. Good and bad. Good and bad. Right? Yes. We talk ourselves into and out of everything. Mm-hmm. We all do. Myself, everybody, all of us. So it's that, they, again, psychologists call it like self talk, right? They call it all kinds of different things. But it's that idea of, but if I can unify my mouth with God's thoughts, then I can rewire my brain to think God's thoughts. But I have to be willing to unite my mouth to what God says. Yeah. As, as not as the whole thing, but as a piece of it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Anyway, so Ephesians chapter 4. <coughs> says in verse 17, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk. Now that word walk there could also be used as the word live. Right. Everybody understands that Jews and Gentiles, whenever you read Paul talking about the Gentiles, he's just talking about people who don't believe. Yeah. We would call it the world or the unsaved or, or the unregenerated, whatever we want to say, right? The lost. Right. So I'm going to do that, that we should no longer live as the rest of the unbelievers live. Right. Mm-hmm. Notice that. Does God doesn't want us to live like the world? Well, we all agree with that. But notice how he defines what that looks like in the futility of their mind. Notice Paul doesn't say, I, I, I want you to quit. What do we used to say? You know, I quit smoking, dipping and chewing or going with girls that do it. Not on anyway, but you know, we always say that, you know, you're a good Christian. I don't smoke, dip or chew or go with girls that do. Right. I mean, and many times we talk about the idea of a God in church. God doesn't want us to live like the world. And we mean smoke, drink or chew 
We mean these kind of things, which are true. But here Paul says, no, 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 no. The world lives in the futility of their mind. The futility. Futility means the uselessness of their own mind. Right? They, they live in the place of themselves. Not just all about me. It's, I, I don't disagree with the statement, but it's in my ability, in my own self, right? In the futility of me, myself, and I, the unholy trinity, my power. Does that make sense? I can do it. The, uh, there's no point to it, but a lot of it too is, is the futility of, again, where they've always been. So some of this is what we just said, but as we're talking this out loud, just again, just wanting to make sure I'm connecting with what Spirit is saying. But it's like this, the futility of their mind was, is, well, I've always been that way. Yeah. We've always lived that way. It's always been like that. My folks, this is what you do. That's just who we are. That's just where I come from. That's just, it's family. It's, it's, does that make sense? It's just, see, the world has a futility of I'm stuck like Chuck. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's always been like it's always been and it always will be like it's always been. Yeah. Hope, it can be hopeless, but the world lives over here either stuck in I'm going to save me, which we know is futile, right? Or they're stuck in it's just always been that way. Well, you know. Does, does that make sense? We've always, again, we've always been poor. So we'll always be poor. We've always been sick. So we'll always be sick. Or we've always been, I mean, I, we've always been rich. I mean, it can be anything. <laughs> angry. We've always been angry. I come from angry people. When you hear people, I just, my folks are angry. Yeah, yeah, I'm home. I'm this, I'm that. And they're stuck in the futility of themselves. See, guys, we, we're not stuck in the futility of ourselves. We got to get out of the box. We got to get out of the box. But here, yeah, we, 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 yes, but you got to remember that, uh, that God put old Brad in a box and buried him. <laughs> and, 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 and that Brad is dead. And there's a new Brad walking around that is not at all like the old one. Does that, so the, some of that futility of our mind is that whole... We are not who we used to be, whatever that is. Yeah. We are not who we used to be. Paul tells the Corinthians, right? Y'all already, man, help me, Holy Ghost. You know, help me. Uh, thank you. I got to, because it goes and I go fast. So here we go. One of my I am statements. You want to hear what I am? A clear, concise, and accurate teacher of God's word. That's who I am. That's who I am. Yeah. Amen. So I'm going to get better and better at that. Amen. So I'm going to slow down and be clear and concise. But Corinthians, right? Paul talks to the Corinthian church. And probably many of you know the Corinthians were a neat thing. I saw the Corinthians were the church like we are today, but in Paul's day. And that the Corinthians, man, they were some Pentecostal, holy roller, pew jumping, tongue talking, gifts of the spirit. Like you would have gone to the Pentecostal Corinthian church and it would have been everybody, man, it was a great service. Right? Why? Because we was everywhere. People were spinning and dancing and all kinds of stuff was going on. But Paul said at the same time, you're the most immature bunch of folk <laughs> that's ever walked in the church world. Right? 
You know, but here's what made him immature. He says, because you live like you're still a mere person. But out of this idea that you still think you're just human. Instead of realizing you have been joined with God. See, that's the future. See, the Gentiles walk in the futility of they're just mere people. They're just mere humans. But, but once we cross over in, in believing in Christ, we cease to be mere humans and we become united, filled with, joined with, walking with Jesus himself. Amen. Does that make sense? Amen. You, know what I'm really, you know what I'm really glad about? Is Jesus is a wonderfully patient soul. Aren't you glad about that? Because he lives with my junk. Come on now. How many of you at your house, you got some junk? Now my wife, I'm going to pick on my wife a little bit. My wife, no, my wife, my wife, pick up in a good way. My wife loves that. What's that, that Japanese chick's name? Marie Kondo. Wasn't the Japanese? She loves... S- Selena is a Marie Kondo disciple, right? She, 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 she would, yeah, I, I jokingly say that she watches the Marie Kondo thing, you know, and she goes in and helps people with their stuff, right? And have you ever seen the show? And, you know, so anyway, so the, this little Japanese lady, she comes in really. It, I'll explain it, it real quick. I'll explain it real okay, quick. As, as homemakers, there's always an inflow of stuff into our home. And we're constantly having to purge and go through all the stuff and keep it manageable, yeah. right? Well, this lady, and I, that was hard for me, especially with a large family. I kept going, oh my goodness, what do I pass on to the next kid? What do I hang on to? All the things. So then I watched the show and I read a book, her book, and I was like, there's the secret of it. Everything that comes into my home, I don't have to say yes to, number one. Number two, if something has served our family, it might just be time for it to go now. Yeah. I just need to say, Thank you for serving our family. Off you go. That's right. And I send it out. And, and that helped me just be free to get rid of a, a lot. lot of stuff. Right. right. So, but she always does this thing where you pull the thing out and you look at it and you go, you no longer bring me joy. <laughs> right. That's what you say. Now, I thank you for your service and you send. And I'm just waiting for one day. I'm going to come home from work. She's going to go, you no longer bring. No. <laughs> I thank you for your service. Here's your suitcase. You need, and uh, I'm just teasing. But um, but the but the challenge is that they do in this stuff. But but in life, sometimes we love our junk. Yes, we do. But you don't. But but so and so gave me whatever this was. This item. So and so gave me this. Or one day I'll fit into that again. I mean, there can be any other. But what happens is, but say, I'm so glad that Jesus, what Jesus does is, is Jesus will never Marie Kondo you. Come on. He will stand next to you and go, uh, you done playing with that? <laughs> it's broken. It's broken. Are you, are you ready to, and he'll lead you through the, are you ready to look at whatever that is and go, yeah, you don't serve me anymore. You no longer bring me joy. Because, guys, here's the thing. Our junk in some way brings us joy. Somehow. Does that make sense? It's familiar, but it, there's comfort in it. Man, there's memories in it. I mean, again, we have to be careful that there's not any identity in it. 
well, that's just, I'm just that kind of a, well, that's just, oh, Lord Jesus, that we don't take it to church and let somebody baptize it in any kind of spirituality and turn it into a calling. Come on now. Does that make sense? But we have to stand back and go, yeah, you know, that, whatever. Nah, that just doesn't bring me joy anymore. At one time you served me. Again, like we said on Thursday, is that some way that stronghold that we've built, it, 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 that remember we said for those, just to recap for Thursdays, remember mental strongholds, they're both a, a palace and a prison. Yes. Right? We, we found comfort in them, but at the same time, we feel bound still sometimes in them. Yeah. Right? But sometimes I just stand back and go, yeah, that just doesn't, that whatever doesn't serve me anymore. Because that's not who I am. Come on. Come, see, when I was a Gentile, that might have been me. Right. When I was a pre-believer, that might have been me. Or other Gentiles that have the same stuff mm-hmm. live this way. Yeah, they do live that way, not me. Well, I just want to say, I just really want to make that personal because here's, guys, here's the thing is... It's like Marie Kondo. We'll, we'll never get rid of something as long as it has value to us. Come on. That's good. As long as we give it value, we'll hang on to it. Does that make sense? I'll pick on, not to be mean, I'm just trying to be nice today, right? I'm trying to be a good guy today. It's, it's kind of like it's why people hang on to certain sins, because that sin brings value to them in some way. In some function, right? Even if that value is it gives them something one more time to repent over. Come on. I, I, I'm not trying to be mean. I, I was there. It gives you one more because it's, it's easier to stay stuck in a sin than to say, I'm freed from that sin and now I have a new way to live that's my responsibility. Come on. Oh, come on now. Yeah, yes. I'm sorry. Come on. I'll just say, Brad, you're my friend. I love you. Love you. you know? <laughs> Does that make sense? I, I do believe what you're saying, but I don't feel like it's for everybody. Uh, obviously, it's probably not for everybody, but I feel like if you clean yourself out of what you're mm-hmm. going then you have to replace it with something. And some people feel lost of what am I going to do with the time that I've spent so much time in. What am I going to do with all this free time where I'm not having to worry anymore? Yeah. It's very habitual. Yes, it is. That's exactly right. Well, here's the, so here, so again, because it's, yeah, you're, Kurt, you're right. It's, sometimes it's, so is, sometimes we, we shy away from who we actually are, right? Because the glimpses of our actual greatness frighten us. And the reason why is, is because when I see how great I actually am in God, then instantly know I have to, I have to live at a different place. Does that make sense? And not from a place of, please hear me. It's kind of like, I'm trying to grasp for analogy. It's kind of like 
a sports person. I'm not a sportsy person, but I can only imagine, you know, if if a, if an athlete, right, realized that they could play better than most. They're, they're at a different, but they keep holding back because they don't want the greatness. They're afraid. Uh huh. And if you uh, if you achieve the greatness, then you feel like God expects it all the time. Other people expect it all the time. You've got to live up. I mean, that whole saying, "I strive for mediocrity." Mm-hmm. Because yes. if I if I perform up here or I produce up here, then they're going to expect that all the time. Yeah. And I don't know if I can live up to that. Yeah. So I'm just going to yeah. Stay low. But the point is, is but in Christ, this is where we can live effortlessly. Right, we, we can live at a higher plane. But because he, I'm not living it by, again, in, 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 the, in the mind of a pagan, yes, if I get myself to a certain place all on me, then I got to keep me there. But if God takes me to another place, then it's on him. He's keeping me there. But here's what still happens to us, though. We can consider, but I can't do that. That's unrealistic. Guys, can I just again, and please help me. I'm trying to, I hope I'm in, being inspiring. And so it's good. Is this, but I've just known it in my own life. I'll talk about me, right? Guys, I'm thoroughly and utterly and completely convinced by the word of God that I'm 100% sin free. That I no longer have a sin nature at all. It has been removed from me by the hand of Jesus himself. Right, So I can live from this day forward forevermore and I never have to sin ever again, ever. Now, everybody, and I appreciate Ms. Lego, that's right. And I, all of y'all are sitting there, y'all heard me say that before. But I say that at other places yeah. and they grab rocks. Because yes. <laughs> <laughs> they go heretic. Yes. They the sinners. But also, but, but some of that, that's true with they, but here's the bigger thing they don't realize the lesson they've been taught is that I hang on to this so I can continue to live small. Yeah. Mm. That's what's in their core. I've been taught to hang on to my sin because then my sin gives me an excuse to live at a lower level than where I've actually was designed, created, and made to live. Does that make sense? But to get where that is, you have to first sit there and say, my sin, whatever it was, no longer serves me. It no longer brings comfort to me. Does that make sense? Again, I'll use, y'all know, I've talked about that. I had struggled with pornography over time and sexual stuff. You know, part of what makes pornography there is not, again, it's not the lustfulness only. Many people say it's the fact that it's a stress reliever. Many people, men and women, go to pornography to relieve stress because yeah. it's a stress reliever. And so you know why they don't get rid of porn? Because it's a stress reliever. Does that make sense? I'm not, yeah. Y'all please hear me. I'm, I'm just, uh, you know, and it's, <laughs> I'm not going to look at it to find out. That's awesome. I, please don't. And, uh, <laughs> do I, <laughs> I love you, Miss Sellers. That's awesome. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> so, but, as, but, but in some way what happens, but please hear me. 
people hang on to certain things. Remember, we looked at Hebrews chapter uh, 12, right? Since we have this so great cloud of witnesses that surround us. Right. Let us, and then the writer says, let us lay aside the weight and the sin that so easily besets us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Well, in that one passage, you know, I believe Paul wrote it. Paul says, hey, listen, we all, A, we all can step back and say, yep, I've got a sin. I can look at my life and go, yep, there was something in my life that easily snared me up all the time. Easily beset me. And the writer just says, put it down. That's all he says. He doesn't say pray about it. He doesn't say get an intercession going. He doesn't say go and get delivered. He, 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 he doesn't say, no, he, he doesn't say fast. He just says, oh, if you can identify that thing snares me, he says, put it down. Because you can put it down. But when we don't put it down, it's because some way we're saying it still serves me. Yeah, I need it. And in some way, it is serving me. And we'll never let it go till we look at it and go, like Marie Kondo, you no longer serve me. You no longer bring me joy because you're keeping me from where I've actually been designed to live. You're actually keeping me from real joy. Guys, we can do that all across the board. We can do that with sinful stuff. We can do that with mental stuff. Right? Does that make sense? We, yeah. we can do that with sickness. We can do that with poverty. Uh-huh. We can do that with, I mean, we can go down a whole litany of lists and say these are the things that are keeping people bound or these are the things that are keeping people back. And until the person is willing to say, if they're a believer, now if they're not a believer, they need Jesus. Yeah. Right? So please hear me. I'm not talking about I'm self-helping my way. <laughs> into the good life because I can't self I can't self help me into heaven I have to have been saved so please don't misunderstand I'm talking about post Jesus because here again Paul says he says listen believers Uh right he says here those that testify in the Lord that you should no longer live as the unbelievers live in the futility of their mind does that make sense Don't live like that. Don't live in the futility of your mind. That means I can live somewhere else. Right? Let's keep reading and pick up where that is. I feel like I've I've belabored that. Amen. Having, it says, having their understanding darkened. Now, we we talked about this a little bit last week. Right? Paul's prayer that we're not going to get to today, Chris. Paul's prayer. You can take your finger out of Ephesians 1. Paul's (laughs) Paul's prayer in Ephesians 1 where he says... Lord, I pray that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened. And we talked about how that is, I believe now, that is our imagination. Our prayer is, is Lord, spark up my imagination. Help me imagine who I am because of who you are. Just like Mike's song said. Help me imagine who I am. Help me see myself as I actually am. Like we covered last week. Well, here he says the, the Gentiles, they have their um, understanding. I'm going to say like they have their imagination darkened. It's not that their imagination isn't working. It's that their imagination is all on the dark. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. They're thinking constantly dark. 
Not necessarily evil, maybe some evil, but they're thinking dark. Does that make sense? Yes. You know, many believers, you know, guys, many believers have the spirit of Eeyore upon them. Eeyore. Eeyore. From, remember Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh? Oh, me. Why bother? Or they say this. This is my favorite Eeyore-ism. Eeyore would say this. It's only me. Well, you know, it's only me. Right? Listen to me. That's, that's having your imagination darkened. Amen? Yeah. Right? Because to keep playing on the analogy, every one of us, we're tiggers. Yeah. <laughs> bouncy. Amen. Bouncy, bouncy, bouncy. But what's the wonderful thing about tiggers? Come on, Finn. Tiggers, they're... Tops are made out of the rubbers. The bottoms are made out of springs. Come on now. Bouncy, 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 fun, 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 fun. But the most wonderful thing about Tiggers is you're the only one like you with God in you. You are like Tigger because only God resides in you and you are the only you. Are y'all with me? Yes. yes. I wanted to say this earlier, but I heard a woman say this. She said, it is impossible for me today to cheat on my wife. That's right. Because he had been maintaining the spotlight. That's right. This whole time he said, but if I stopped today and didn't maintain my spotlight, it could be two years, six months, you know, whatever. Yeah. I very well could cheat on yes, my wife. Yes, absolutely. And it was the importance of your spotlight. What are you thinking? Absolutely. And Oh, Alicia, you have been there already. Apps, you have been, Alicia, could have been, you have been everywhere already in your mind. Yeah. Well, isn't that what God did in Genesis? Mm-hmm. He said, let us, they had a firewall, they imagined it, they talked about it, and they did it. Yeah. Well, even like, yes, it's, it, they, they did, they imagined, but I liked if you watch the Chad Gonzalez things from our Irondale campus. I loved the thing, I never thought about this before until he shared it. This is like the second time I've given you credit. Next time it's mine. Right? You know how that works in preachers' work. No, but uh, is uh, but you know he talked about how how Eve made that original mistake. It says, and when she saw the fruit. Now here's the thing: that wasn't the first time she saw it. We don't know how long they were in the garden, but she had been walking by that tree or in and around that tree for some time. Her, her whole life, whatever that was. But one day, she allowed her perspective about that to change. Because yeah. one day she walked by and she saw that it was good for food. And really, but she saw, and in her imagination, it as something God was keeping from her. Yeah. Instead of something God was keeping for her. Does that make sense? And when that perspective shift is when temptation came. Yeah. Right? That's very good about keeping. Yeah, he was keeping. Because God, because if God wanted it away from them, he would have removed it from the garden. (laughs) But God said, hey, listen, this tree, it's mine. I'm keeping this knowledge for you. You come to me for this. 
Don't get this on your own. Yeah. That's right. It's not meant to be kept from you as a bad thing. It's kept for, for you. That's right. For a time. It's, yeah. Absolutely. Well, it's, it, it's again, I mean, and when we're talking about, if you will, sexuality, we've got some young people in here that it's good for them to hear and it's good for parents to tell. You know, but it's the whole idea that it, what it was designed and how it was designed to operate was made by God for us. So when he says, hey, here is the way, that's not exclusive or exclusionary. He's actually saying, this is what I made, and this is how I made it, and it works here. You take it out, and I use the analogy many times that talking about fire, since it's passion and all that kind of stuff. You know, um, it's one thing to have a fire in the fireplace. It's another thing to start one in the middle of the living room. <laughs> in its proper place, it does all kinds of wonderful stuff. Right. Outside of its place, it'll burn your house down. Yes, it'll destroy you. It'll kill you, kill you, kill all kinds of other people. Yeah. Right? Yep. And so all this, but back to the thing is, is but it's that, what you said, Alicia, is key is, but it's that imagination. Yeah. It's that allowing myself to see who I actually am and go there first and I will follow because here's the thing if my understanding is darkened I'll go there too yeah. I mean again without breaking confidences or going I'm, I'm in the middle of a situation where this is true someone who has let their thinking go apparently for some time yeah. and now everyone's shocked when it's starting to show up in this life and then people come up and they say things like, well, how could that happen to so-and-so? Again, let's just say, like, I'll, I'll pick on Brad again. Besides, Miss Eloise and Selena will we'll, we'll practice a new version of ministry if, if what I say ever comes true. But one day I'll come up and you find out Brad has had an affair on Selena. And he's run off with some hoochie mama from across the way or whatever. And he does this. And people go, <gasps> like, how could that happen? Well, what happens is, is we just find out about it normally after a long season of me thinking about it. And if I was had enough willpower or whatever, I sat on it and I sat on, but I never stopped thinking on it. I never stopped imagining on it. I never stopped. Well, you remember that there was a day you were talking about imagination last mm-hmm. Yeah, not bad. Cheating or anything yeah. like that, but just not committing my focus to God. That's right. It was whatever I was doing. And it really affected me, and I've said it to Kurt too. The last two years, I've not been maintaining and pushing and pursuing in the right way. And now I feel like I'm going back. It's good. You know, yeah. We're on the track, but it affects you. And before you know it, you're at the spot you're like, man, this really sucks. <laughs> it's because of the past year of not maintaining the That's life. exactly right. No, that's exactly right. I mean, that is, and that is, it's that, and please hear me. I know this, I want to make sure as we talk about this, I don't want this to sound like, because that's where sometimes we can go. You're thinking all the time anyway. All the time we are doing this. 
So when I talk about this, it's, it's that whole, okay, you're doing this already. It, it's just which way are you going, yeah. right? I forgot who we were talking to earlier before service, but it's like, you know, I was, I was listening, I was to Miss Teresa, and I was, I was listening to an audio book this week, and I loved what the author said, and he talked about how there's really only two directions in life. You're either going downstream with everybody else. Now, it's easier. There's a lot of company. <laughs> you got... You know, it's like, it's like being on the inner tubes, going down the river. You got everybody with you, right? Having a party, having a good time. Everybody's going downstream, right? Yeah. Or you're going upstream. So, acting different. Acting different. I know. Being different. Here's thinking different. See, because before acting different and being different, it's really not. I saw Penny do the little canoe thing. It's. <laughs> It's really not, okay, I got to be a good boy. I got to do all the right. If my mind is downstream, Come on. I can never out canoe that. Come on. Come on. It's where my heart is. But if my mind is already upstream, yes. then my body is just trying to catch up. And if I focus my mind on upstream, Right, then I'll go upstream. So again, you know, we guys know we lived in, in Western Canada and I love it. I'm a fisherman and I love living it because salmon came every year. Yes. Right. But you know how salmon work? You know how salmon do that? Well, they swim really hard. <laughs> they do. They do, Kurt. They swim really hard. But they 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 this is how it works. Very, very simplified biology, right? Salmon have better sniffers than sharks. They can smell Particulate molecules of their home water in the ocean. Like, like, like literally, they can smell small percentages of their home water, and they know and they remember where they're from. Yeah. Amen. Where we're going. And they run on the memory of where they're from, where they were born. And they run it, and they'll do it in days. Mm -hmm. Right? Does, does, does that mean? So you look at this guy, but I sit there and say, guys, listen, we need to be like a salmon mm -hmm. and remember where we're born from. Because it's going to be the remembering and the imagination that, like we said, a couple, that I, you, we are from heaven. We're Havanians. And we are from somewhere else. And all I need is a sniff of my homeland. And I turn. Does that make sense? There was a story that uh, there was uh, an analogy because they, they, they had dammed this river up where we were living. And it, they were all concerned about how it was going to affect salmon and this and that and the other. And so they put a hatchery down. They did some stuff. I'm trying to remember all the details, but I don't. But anyway, but they... They, they would put these fish in the water and then two or three or four, whatever it was, the other, they're looking for them to come back and they're waiting and all the scientists are there and like a dozen of them come back. And they're like going, oh my gosh, what happened? And they're looking at, and all of a sudden they're looking and they're like, and in the middle of a tank where they bred these in this, uh, in this hatchery, they come in one morning and there's a full-size salmon 
in the middle of a tank that's not even near the, the river where they dumped them in. It's like a mile inland where it was. But the drain pipe that ran out of that pond went down a culvert and went down this other chute and went down this, and they started popping covers on drain and they were filled with salmon. Trying to get back. Trying to, because where they were born. Not released. See, you, you think you were released in church, but you were born from heaven. So you're not trying to get back, and somebody, you're not trying to get back where you were released. It's where you were born. Does that make sense? We were born. You might have came to an altar somewhere. You might have experienced in something, but you weren't born from this place. You were born from there. See, many times mind renewal, we're trying to get people to act good in here. I don't care. If anything would make me happier, people would be smoking in here and have a beer. It would make me the happiest in the world, truly, if the place was about three foot full of smoke. We had to open all the windows, and I had to give all the good Christians, like, you know, face masks or something. And people were coming in, they could get really, but I got to get you, you were born there. Guys, does that make sense? And God is, he's trying to get us to think from where we were born. So if I can look at my life and go, okay, I picked up something along the way, but if it ain't from there, then it's of no value to me. Amen. It does not serve me. It, it's not useful to me. Because yeah. it didn't come from where I was born. Amen. Does that make sense? I mean, again, another, I don't know why this is salmon, all this stuff is salmon analogies coming out. I'd fish every, every year you'd fish and there was two things and, um, and, uh, you would, you would hook the salmon, you'd come in and there was called sea lice. And then you even know there was a such thing called sea lice. Mm-hmm. They're sea lice and they're a little bitty bug and they're a parasite just like lice. And they'll get on up and around the, the gill plates and on the tail of the salmon and they'll be on their belly. And that's how you know they're fresh from the ocean. Besides that they haven't changed color yet, but the belly of that salmon will be full of sea lice because they'll be just covered. And you know why it's covered? Because they're not from there. You know what happens as they f- go further and further upstream back towards home? The lice can't live in fresh water where they're from. Oh, wow. They drop off. They drop off. <laughs> so guys, listen, you and I, we might have picked up some sea lice. Yeah. We might have picked up something that's a parasite of this world that's trying to suck the life out of who we actually are. But as I promise, as you continue to go upstream in your imagination to where you're from, please let the sea lice fall off. Please let it slough off. Please let it roll off because it's, it's from somewhere else. It's not from where you're from. Amen. Because you're from somewhere else. Amen. 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 And it's it's about and that's why I go to Colossians and I'll and I'll we'll end right here because you can say we can come back next week, right? Colossians chapter three, verse one.
It says this. It says Colossians 3, 1. If then. Everybody say if then. If then. Now everybody say you were, you were raised with Christ. How many of that is you? If then you were raised with Christ. Who's been raised with Christ? Who's here? You know you've been raised with Christ. So if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is, which I want to add this, you know, parallel this is what Paul says in Ephesians where we were and where you are. Same writer, Paul wrote Ephesians and he wrote Colossians. Colossians, Ephesians chapter 2, Paul says, if you were dead in your trespasses, but he made you alive and made you to sit together with him in heavenly places. So when you seek the things, because here's the thing we do too. When we read that verse many times, we say, yeah, I got to seek the things where Jesus is. Because Jesus is like, he's way over there. No, you're seeking the things where you are with Jesus. Everybody say, I'm there, I'm there too. Right? Seek those things which are above where Christ is, which is where you are. That's right. Seated at the right hand of God, which is your vantage point of heaven. Mm-hmm. That's actually your vantage point on life. Yes. That's where we live from. That's where we live from is the right hand of God. Amen. 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 Just for fun, just do this. If I look over your left shoulder like this. And smile, because that's where God is, right there. (laughs) You're seated right at his right hand. You just look left. Anytime you feel down, just look left. Mm -hmm. Right? Because that's right where you are. Mm -hmm. Right to his right. All the time. Mm -hmm. Every day. Okay, so some of y'all are going to catch this, and you're going to be like, oh my gosh. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Now notice this, verse 2. Set your mind. On things above, not on things of the earth. Could you get a clearer New Testament command? Right? Notice what he says. Remember, y'all heard me say this before. Indicative statements versus imperative statements. Right? You remember that? I've said that before. I did it. I know it's a big sounding word for, for Sunday morning. Indicative statements. All throughout the New Testament, there are indicative statements. Indicative just means who you are because of what the gospel is. Mm-hmm. Verse 1 is an indicative statement. Mm-hmm. If you were raised with Christ, and you were, mm-hmm. right, Amen. then seek those things where you are, mm-hmm. which is at the right hand of God. That's the indicative statement. So where do you live? In him. Where do you live? Right. right. I'm going to say it like this. What's your address? Right. I want you to do that. I want you to get a place where people say, what's your address? Right hand of God. Amen. Just, just write that out to Brad Holloman at the right hand of God. Amen. Heaven, comma, heaven. I don't know what the zip code is. 7777. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, but, you know, I mean, <laughs> you know, but, but that's where I am. Amen. That's my address. Where do you live? Right hand of God. <laughs> Good. But you, that. Oh, yeah, they're going to hate you. I promise. 
Well, here's the thing. Well, Jesus said this. Remember, we looked at that a couple of weeks ago. Jesus said in John, we'll look at it maybe in the coming weeks. Jesus said in John, if they hate you, it's because they're not from here. Yeah. <laughs> now, that, that doesn't go over real well. <laughs> but they say, if they hate you, you just know they're not from your place. They're not from heaven. Because the world loves its own, but they hate that which comes from heaven. So if they hate you because you're from heaven, that's your, oh, you're just not saved. Yeah. Yeah. Or you don't know you're from here. Yeah. Which one is it? Because yeah. either way, we can change your address. Yeah. Or we can remind you this is where you're actually from. But it's one of the, only one of those two things. Either you're not from here or you don't know you're from here. Yeah. Which one is it? Does it, anyway, but it says here, so that's an imperative statement, verse 2. So set. Set your mind on things where you're from, not on things where you're not from. Amen. That's right. Set your mind on things where you're from, not on things where you're not from. See, so many believers today, they've got their mind set on things where they're not from. I'm not from sin bound anymore. I'm not from sickness bound anymore. We're going to talk about, I'm not from just barely getting by anymore. Paycheck to paycheck. Right? I'm not from there. I'm from somewhere else. Right? I'm not from purposeless living anymore. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I am, because if I'm alive and well and here, that must mean I'm still on mission. Amen. <laughs> Does that make sense? You know, like our military, we talk about we're the army of God. We love doing that. God's got an army. Right? You know how it goes with an army. Only, only two ways to get off the battlefield. There's only two ways to get out of the battle. You either get took out by the enemy Right? Or you get called back to headquarters. Yeah. Only two ways to get out. Yeah. So if I'm still alive and in the game, right, right. that means I'm still on mission. Yes. That means I'm still on purpose. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And here's the news on the devil that most believers don't know, but John in his great letter Told us, and, and remember that wicked one, the devil? Yeah, he can't even touch it. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's right. 1 John 5.18, y'all need to go home and read that. Yeah. 1 John 5.18 answers all your spiritual warfare questions. Yeah. Right, I'll read it. Some of y'all look at me kind of funny. Yeah. Amen. 1 John 5.18. And I really do got to end on this one because I promised y'all I did. Y'all get so good where I just want to preach all the time. 1 John 5.18. We know, I love this, verse 18, we know that whoever is born of God, I love this, does not sin. How many of you are born of God? Amen. Guess what? I don't don't say it. Say that out loud. Say, I don't sin. 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 (laughs) Come on, say one more. Somebody need to say it like you believe it. Say, I don't sin. I don't sin. Because I'm born of God. And we know, and I love that verse. We know that. John's just like, well, we know. 
Right? Everybody knows. Right, Alicia? Everybody knows that whoever is born of God doesn't sin. <laughs> okay, I'm going to let y'all marry. But he who has been born of God keeps himself. Now that means I keep, keep control. I've got control over me. I keep myself. Amen. And what does the last of that say? That last that verse? What was that last whole phrase? And the wicked one does not touch him. So, so wait a minute. So we know that whoever is born of God doesn't sin. So that's just common, common knowledge, right? Right, bottom line, yeah. That's what it should be. Common Christian knowledge is we know that whoever is born of God doesn't sin. But we know that even born of God, he keeps himself. Now that means we pass up marvelous opportunities to sin. Air day, we might pass up an opportunity to sin. But I can do that because of the grace of God. That's a whole other message in Titus. The grace of God that has brought salvation to all mankind does two things. It teaches us how to say yes to godliness and no to ungodliness. So the grace of God teaches you how to do something you couldn't do before. It teaches you how to say yes to God and no to sin. Before the grace of God, you couldn't do that. You said no to God and yes to sin. But once the grace of God appeared and you received it, you have the ability to say yes to God and no to sin. Amen. Does that make sense? But that's common knowledge, right? right. <laughs> the believer keeps himself. And common knowledge, the wicked one. Now, who's that? The devil. Who's that? The devil. Who is that? The devil. Come on. Who, who is the wicked one? The devil, the snake, the dragon, that old serpent. These are all phrases. Uh -huh. Lucifer, yeah. the deceiver, the accuser. I mean, we go down a litany of his names too. Mm -hmm. That guy, yeah, he can't touch you. Mm -hmm. See, MC Hammer wrote that song for you. Can't touch you. <laughs> <laughs> right? He wrote that. I love that because MC Hammer became a pastor, right? I think it. Can't touch this. Da, da, da. The devil cannot touch you. Cannot. Does not. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad about it? That's just common knowledge. Amen. Just common. We know. I love this verse 19. Let's keep going. We know that we are of God. Right? And the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. So who is, is the wicked one got some control over somebody? Mm -hmm. Who is that? The world. Is it you? No. How do you know it's not you? You're not from here. You're from somewhere else. Verse 20. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding. Remember when we talked about that? What's that word? And has given us an imagination that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true. In his son, Jesus Christ, this is the true God and eternal life. Hallelujah. So little children, do please keep yourself from idols. Love that last part. Yeah. <laughs> hey, remember... People, sometimes people's sickness is their idol. Yeah. Right. Sometimes people's poverty is their idol. Sometimes people's mindset is their idol. Come on now, don't look at me in that tone of voice. 
because we worship that sucker. My mama thought this way, right? We're like a little candle. Honor, <laughs> honor mama. Mama thought that. Oh, grandmama thought that way. We're like that candle. Come on. My great-great-granddaddy brought this over here from Europe. I'll put a little incense there. That mindset that... <laughs> Come on, we don't think, but that's what we do, don't we? Come on, are you with me? Yeah. Yeah. See, people, you say that, people say, well, you're just saying you're better than everybody else. Nope, I'm just saying I'm from heaven. I'm not, I'm not better than anybody. I'm just saying I'm from somewhere else. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Colossians 3, 6. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Yep. The sons of so okay so look at so we'll keep reading through and back in Colossians since there was a question, right? Now notice verse two. So let's read through. Set your mind on things above. Colossians, Colossians chapter three, verse two. Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. Verse 3, this is why. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. So where's Christ? And that's what verse 1 said, right hand of God, right? And when Christ, who is our life, appears, and when is that going to happen? When Jesus comes back for the second time, when Christ, who is our life, appears, then... You will also appear with him in glory. And why will you appear with him? Because you're in him. So everywhere Jesus is going to show up, guess who shows up with Jesus? Amen. Just I love what Brother Hagin used to say, right? Because Jesus is the head and you are the body. And, And if we had a person here, you know, and as Brother Hagin used to say, if we had a person here, we named him Oliver Sockwad. I can still hear his voice say that. We named him Oliver Sockwad and we cut his head off and put his head over here. Would we call his body something else? No. No. <laughs> what would we say of the body of Oliver Sockwad? It's, it's well, there's Oliver Sockwad, just his head's over here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, y'all gonna get some of that later. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's you and Jesus, right? Now, therefore, verse 5. Now, remember, whenever you see a therefore, you find out what it's there for. So he's connecting everything he just said to verse 5. Therefore, because, I'll say it like this, because you were raised with Christ, because you're seated at the right hand of God, because you have set your mind on things where you're from and not things where you're not from, because your life is hidden with Christ in God, Right, Because you are so united with him, wherever he is, you're going to be. Therefore, oh yeah, put to death things in this body, in this world, that are on the earth. Basically, he's saying cut off the the sea lice that have tried to stick themselves to you because your body is here. Mm -hmm. You're not from here, but your body's still here swimming in the ocean like that salmon. So things want to stick to you like fornication. Fornication just means uh, sex before marriage. 
It's so funny, I've got to have a joke here. You know, you stand up and do certain weddings for people and you go, fornication like this. Anyway, get me. But anyway. <laughs> fornication like this, we're gathered together today to watch. Anyway, it's okay. so bad. <laughs> anyway, but fornication is simply, bad preacher joke, I'm sorry. Um, fornication is simply sex before marriage, right? Uncleanness, passion, evil desire and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming on the sons of disobedience. Who are the sons of disobedience? Unbelievers. 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 Right? Unbelievers. People who do not want to believe. People who reject the gospel. People who do not want to receive salvation. They are sons of disobedience. And there is a wrath coming upon the sons of disobedience. Yeah, like kind of like, well, it's like this, Curtis, like this. So Jesus, we live in a time called the age of grace. So because of who Jesus is and what he did, Jesus has taken the judgment of the world upon himself. And in this time period that the gospel is going forth, Jesus is carrying the weight of all man's judgment. Right? That's why it says, and all kinds of stuff, it says that's why in Matthew at the very end of that chapter, it says, I'm like God. I'm going to send the rain on the good and the wicked, the sunshine on the just and the unjust. I'm going to be good on everybody because I'm holding the judgment of man in this period of time. But when he returns, those who did not want to receive what he did, he will hand them their judgment back. And go, okay, if you don't want me to carry it, then you must carry it. Yeah. Not because I want you to carry it, but because you didn't let me carry it. Yeah. So then the wrath of God that fell on Jesus will then come upon them because they've wanted their judgment. That's why one of the most missed and dangerously misinterpreted scriptures is the one we misquote about evangelism when Jesus is talking and he talks about just as the snake was lifted up in the desert, if you lift up the son of man, I will draw, and it says all men unto myself, right? Well, that all men phrase or all people, depending on your translations, is italicized. It means it wasn't in the original documents. It just literally says, and when you lift me up like you lifted up the snake, I will draw all to me, yeah. right? But the context is he's talking about judgment, just like in the Old Testament example, when they put that bronze snake up there, and then, now here's the thing, and they told the people, look and imagine that God has free, and they would see and they would stare and imagine at the snake, realizing that through that Jesus would take, or God would take away the judgment of the serpents that were in the camp. Then it says, those who would look and imagine, God pulled the judgment off of them, but there are people in the camp who didn't look at the snake. And the snake still came and consumed them. Does that make sense? And so there's many of that, that's that parallel. When we lifted up mankind, lifted up Christ on the cross, he drew all judgment unto himself and those who would look on him like the Israelites looked on the snake and acknowledge what was going on, they would receive freedom from their judgment. Those who despised it and walked away said, I want the judgment. Mm -hmm. Because God is still just. Mm -hmm. yeah. There is still a justice side to God. 
It just looks like this. I did all of this for you. Will you come and receive? Yeah. If you do not desire to receive, then there is still judgment that must be meted out. Yeah. Does that make, does that help? Yeah. Right. But for us, uh, in which you yourself, now finish verse seven, in which these things you yourselves once lived when you lived in them. Verse eight, but now, everybody say, but now you yourselves are to put off all of these things. Now notice this anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on who? The new man who is renewed in the knowledge of the image of God who created him where there is neither Jew nor uh, Greek or Jew, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and in all. So there is a, what I call, and you read through that, there is a putting off and putting on. Years ago, I had a series called Be a Put Off and Be a Put On. Right? You need to be a put off and you need to be a put on. Right? But these things, we put off of ourselves, these things. Guys, can I add to that? We also put off poverty. We put off sickness. We put off things. Weakness. Weakness. We put off things. Does that make sense? Care. We put off these things. Does that help? Why? Because I've put on Christ. Amen. Does that... Why? Because I'm not from here. I'm from there. So this week, what I want to ask everybody to do is keep working on your I am statements. But your I am statements connected to who you are because of Jesus. Who you are because you're at the right hand of God. Right? I am seated at the right hand of God. I mean, that's a great I am statement. Amen. Amen. I am the, we didn't even get there today. I am the vine. I mean, no, he is, I am the branch connected to the vine. Everything that flows through the vine flows through me. Amen. So if you can imagine it flowing out of Christ, I want you to literally to imagine it's flowing through you. Amen. It's just, it's flowing like sap. In a tree, it's flowing. What's flowing out of Jesus? Can you imagine that? Yeah. Power, life, love, peace, righteousness, goodness, kindness, gentleness. Amen. Aren't you with me? That's flowing through. And if it's not, if you can't say, yep, that's flowing through Jesus, then that's something we put off. Does that make sense? If, 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 if I have an imagination and I think about myself and it says, yeah, but I'm, and it doesn't look like something that would flow out of Jesus, I want you to stop that and go, no, that's not me. That's not me. Because if it's not flowing from Jesus, that's not because I, me and Jesus, we're twins. Amen. <laughs> me and Jesus, we're identical. I'm, I'm tied into him. He's wearing me like a glove. Amen. <laughs> Amen. He is, he's got himself all up in the middle of me. 
Amen. So if I can look at it and go, yeah, that's not from Jesus, then I instantly, oh, that's something I got to put off. That's something I, and that's what it says. The Holy Spirit leads us in as children of God to put those things off. It actually says in Romans chapter eight, the spirit of God shows us that we're sons of God because he teaches us how to put to death the deeds of the flesh. And that's not just sinful things. That's anything connected to this life. Anything that's connected to this world that is still living under the sway, as we said in John, the sway of the wicked one, which is death. Anything that's from this plane, Holy Spirit leads you with the pruning tool called the the sword of the spirit. And he says, we cut that off. So if I had an old mindset, I, I cut that off. With the word of God, I cut that off. I prune myself, Jesus said, because I'm, I'm the branch in the vine. I'll prune myself. And if, if something starts to grow and it doesn't look like heaven, I cut that thing off Amen. with this because that's not from me. Right? I renew that part of my mind and I go there. And that's that process we're doing. If I see something, oh, 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 that might be my old man, but that's not who I am now. And I cut that off. How do, I, how do I cut that off? By I go here and say, what did you say about me? Oh, this is what you said. This is who I am. This is who I am. If you want to say that song, if you want to listen to it, is on. If you go to, life, go to YouTube, go to Life of Faith North, hit videos, and you'll see Mike sing the song. Praise God. I listened, and we had Mike sing the song before he passed away. Yeah. And you actually can see Mike, the author, for those that don't know him, and you can hear him sing that song. Right and, and just meditate on that because that is who you are. Amen. Amen. Well, Lord, we love you so much. So grateful for today. Thank you, Father. Thank you for speaking to us. Lord God, I thank you, man, that we are, we are bigger than we know. <laughs> Amen. We are bigger than our britches. Amen. Thank you so much, Lord. And we're so grateful for that. Help us to be bigger than our britches in a good sense. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.